It's Friday, October 28th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, we had an awards drop. It was like a, 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 a flood of award uh, nominations and and uh, releases yesterday after we recorded our podcast. Uh, we just sort of found out a whole bunch of different guys uh, were, were nominated and received awards. Uh, so we're going to run through some of those uh, today, talk about them, uh, who was who was left out, who was snubbed, who deserved the honors that they got, and and what to expect and what it means for some of the bigger awards that we're anticipating in the next uh, next couple of weeks here after the World Series. Uh, let's start first uh, with the, with some of the winners here. Uh, the Fielding Bible Awards uh, came out, and they were announced yesterday. Uh, they're, they're a little bit different than the Gold Glove Awards. Uh, the Gold Glove Awards are, are sort of the more prestigious ones. The Fielding Bible ones are are only been around since 2006, and uh, they're more sabermetrically sort of inclined. They're voted on by a panel of about 15 um, experts and uh, some some sabermetric, uh, you know, baseball writers and, and uh, guys that are, are involved with uh, the Bill James sort of uh, institute and the, the, that sort of thing. Uh the Fielding Bible Awards went to uh, players, one player at each position, uh, irrespective of their league. So they only pick one. It's not like an, an American League and a National League award. Uh, so it's actually harder to, to, to sort of win one of these. Uh, and, and the Guardians outfield, well represented, Miles Straw and Stephen Kwan, both winning Fielding Bible Awards, uh, the first one for each. Yeah, that, that's, uh, you know, those are that's big recognition right there. And it speaks, to, you know, speaks to well for, you know, the future of Cleveland's outfield defense. You know, you got your left field and your center fielder, both young guys and both, you know, impact uh, defensive players. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, and well-deserved. I don't think you can, you know, there wasn't anything, uh, you know, there, there, there wasn't anything borderline about either either award for those guys. No, and that was sort of the thing was it was it was overwhelming. Uh, let's start with Quan in left field. Uh, he becomes the it, actually for this year he's the only rookie and the only unanimous uh, pick among the the fifteen uh, experts on the panel uh, that selected Quan as the top defensive left fielder. Uh, he had, I mean, they use different metrics. Uh, they use the defensive runs saved. Uh, they also use uh, these uh, good fielding plays, I guess they rank, uh, you know, different terms, uh, different numbers of plays. Uh, he had 20 good fielding plays, uh, and that was tied for the most in left field, and 19 uh, range runs saved, and I guess that's uh, a metric that, you know, defines his, the, the area that he covered out there in left field. Uh, 21 overall runs saved uh, defensively uh, in, in left field uh, by the metrics that Fielding Bible used uh, and that was more than you know any player had at any one position uh, during the season. Yeah, just a, a great season by Quan. Uh, you know, kind of just took left field and and just ran with it, man. He just, you know, you could think of the great plays, that great play in Seattle, the the great play on a, on a warning track in Colorado. I mean, it seemed like every every almost every game, you know, he's he made a play that you don't see a lot of left fielders make. Plus, he's got a good arm, and he's got the, like that range factor in the award. You know, he really does have great range. 
He's kind of a fearless guy. You know, um, you know, he, he's, we've seen him collide with walls. We've seen him go into the stands, uh, you know, no fear. And uh, you've got to play that way. And we also saw his arm, like you mentioned, uh, we saw it in Cincinnati. We saw him uh, cut down a, a base runner in uh, in uh, against Chicago early in the season. Uh, I think right from the start, he put people on notice that, you know, he was. He might not be the biggest guy out there in, in, in the outfield, but, uh, you know, he played bigger than maybe his stature uh, throughout the season. Uh, becoming the, the only the fourth rookie to win uh, a Fielding Bible Award at any position, uh, joining Troy Tulowitzki in 2007, Mike Trout in 2012, and Cabrian Hayes last year uh, as rookies to win the award. Pretty outstanding uh, defensive season uh, all the way around, and, and a good indication that that he's in a, a pretty good spot to win his first Gold Glove award uh, in when the when those are announced next week. Yeah, definitely. And I wonder, Joe. I mean, I don't know if the Fielding Bible. Do you have a a bonus clause in the contracts for the Fielding <laughs> Bible? I know they have. Uh, I know they have one for the Gold Glove. So hopefully, Quan as a rookie, you know, has gets some. Uh, a little bump in his in his pay if he wins the gold glove uh well i i know if you if you win a gold glove uh don't you get like all sorts of gear and all uh you know may, uh doesn't rawlings hook you up with with like new glove custom gloves and all that and yeah, I mean, they get yeah that yeah. anyways but but you could you could probably get some some pretty flashy uh gear out there and let and doesn't Quan use what essentially looks like a uh, a highlight scoop out there in, yeah, in left yeah, field. Yeah. The, the glove looks like the glove like is as big as he arm. is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Miles Straw, uh, basically what what Fielding Bible uh, reinforced and, and reconfirmed to everyone is, is what those of us who watched him for 162 games this year pretty much already knew. Miles Straw is just flat out the best defensive center fielder in, in baseball right now in terms of the, the total package. Uh, the ground that he can cover with his legs, uh, just how smooth he is getting to, to, to balls, the jumps that he gets, the angles that he takes, and then you take into account uh, his arm and the the quick release, the accuracy, and and the surprising strength of his arm uh, for being uh, you know another guy who's not exactly uh, a, of, of big stature. Uh, Twenty four good fielding plays according to Fielding Bible uh, last season and. Uh, you know, he becomes the first, uh, he and Quan become the first Guardians outfielders to win a Fielding Bible Award since Franklin Gutierrez won as a right fielder in 2008. I can't, I, I you know, I, I remember Franklin Gutierrez. I don't remember him being that good of an outfielder, really. I, you know, not not compared to Quan or uh or or you know, straw, you know, like you, you hit the nail on the head, Joe, when you said straw. Straw never looks like uh, he, he's seen a ball that would fool him. You know, he he's always under control. He always gets to the ball, so it almost looks like he's gliding. It, it doesn't look like he's ever in a full sprint unless he's coming in on a ball. But he never looks like he's he's seen a there's a there's a you know there's a line drive there's a hit there's any kind of hit that he hasn't seen before. He reminds me a lot of uh, Omar Vizquel, you know, obviously different positions, but Omar never got fooled by a ball, a ground ball. He'd like seen them all. And, 
and uh, Straw looks like he's seen every kind of fly ball, you know, headed towards center field, and he and he handled them all. Yeah, more than once this season, uh, I'm sitting there watching a ball come off the bat and thinking, oh, there's no way he's getting to that, and and he always gets there. Uh, it, it's impressive. Uh, the other thing that I, I saw the um, uh, the tweet that uh, Fielding Bible sent out uh, accompanying the announcement with Straw, and they tweeted out some video of some of his plays. And and they said not only you know are the, is the the running and the you know over the shoulder catches and the the arm, but but watch the way he slides when he goes into the gap and slides for a ball, or when he goes into the gap and slides to cut a ball off to stop it from going to the wall. He looks like those Trey Turner slides, you know those those really goofy Trey Turner slides where he's like sliding and then standing up all in one motion. Like Straw has that sort of that glide, like you said, that smoothness. It's really it's impressive to see, and it's 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 very pleasing to the eye. This is the kind of guy that you want playing center field for you because it just it it relaxes you. And like Tito said, it's it's comforting to know that when the ball's hit in the air, it's an out in center field. Yeah, you know, with that sliding stuff, uh, you know, he was a shortstop. He's I think he played a little shortstop either coming up for the for the Astros or maybe even with the Astros. So maybe, you know, he has, he's incorporated that into his outfield play. Yeah, was it second base that he played? Or I think he played at second base in, in a game for the Guardians or, 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 you know, went in there at one time. Um, if not this season, then at some point last year, uh, he, he did make an, a defensive appearance at second base. I'm, I'm not sure. It, something just popped in my head about that, but... Well, I'll have to go back and and then look for sure to to find that out. I'll, we'll talk about it next week on the podcast. Uh, so fielding Bible awards, those uh, the other three candidates uh, who were finalists for Gold Glove awards or are still are cannot candidates for for Gold Glove awards: Shane Bieber, Andres Jimenez, uh, Jose Ramirez. Uh, they did not, uh, you know, win obviously at those positions, second base. Uh, pitcher in third base. Uh, I, I think uh, of those, I think probably Jimenez might have been the, you know, the biggest surprise. Uh, I, I, it was uh, Brendan Rogers, the second baseman in Colorado, uh, edged Jimenez out for the award at second base. And uh, Ranger Suarez uh, edged out Shane Bieber for the award at pitcher. But, uh, you know, I, Jose Ramirez, I think they're recognizing him uh, as, you know, a, a very solid, very good defensive third baseman. But I wouldn't be surprised if he does not win the award at third base, if that goes to, to somebody like Matt Chapman uh, at, at third uh, for uh, the gold glove. Uh, were you surprised that Jimenez didn't win the, the award at second base? Yeah, I, I was a little because, well, you know, we only see, you know, you see you get to see a guy every day. And you really appreciate him, um, but you know he. This is his first full year in the in the in the big leagues. Maybe you know that played into it, but he certainly you know made it enough plays to you know you know obviously he's a, a Gold Glove finalist, and uh, he certainly uh, made enough plays to make an impression on the people that that award the Fielding Bible you know awards. So uh, you know I, you know it just there's a lot of good players out there. But Jimenez, you'd have to you'd have to go some to to be, you know to to be a better second baseman than he did, especially playing in that shallow right field. How he plays on, on the shift, I don't think I've seen anybody better. 
Well, it won't be a uh, won't be an issue next year. It'll uh, things will be changed when he has to put his his both of both of his feet on the dirt uh, when the when the pitch is thrown. So, uh, think the changes are coming, and and I think uh, you know the Guardians are in good position with uh, a guy like Jimenez over there, knowing that you know he can he has that range, he has the ability to uh, to make a difference uh, with his feet. Uh, now that the the, the rules are going to be different in terms of the shift. Uh, I think all you got to do is go back to the All-Star game and, and look at that play that he made early on, turning a double play with Tim Anderson on the ball up the middle uh, that nobody thought he could get to, and then he gets to it and he, he flips it behind his back to, to Anderson <laughs> for the for the double play. Uh, it, and you don't award, uh, you don't give a, a defensive award based on one highlight play. But that's just one of many highlight plays that that Jimenez turned in uh, this past year, and uh, sort of like Quan, or sort of like Straw in center field, you kind of had a, a really good feeling every time there was a ball hit to that side that Jimenez could make a play on it. Yeah, you know, and he's not like uh, that that behind the back flip. That's really not him, you know, Joe. We've seen him. I mean, he is like pretty basic, a pretty you know, he's got great range, but he's not he's not like a flashy, like a, a second baseman to me. I, he's just, you know, he's really kind of, you know, every, he just makes the play, you know, he's got a great arm. Uh, you know, he, 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 he does what he has to do. Uh, but, you know, I, the, uh, but I just think he day in and day out, he was awfully, awfully good at second base. And, you know, I, you know, he saved them a bunch of runs and you know what he gives you as at the plate. I mean that that's a that's a really uh, that's a pretty good ball player right there. Well, and and uh, it's going to translate here as we talk as we shift from talking about the Fielding Bible Awards uh, to the the Silver Slugger finalists were announced uh, yesterday as well, and uh, the Guardians have uh, a, a couple of those in uh, obviously Jose Ramirez, but also Jimenez again. Uh, we talked about him just being a two-way player. Uh, you talked about Quan being a two-way player. Uh, Quan doesn't get nominated. We'll talk about whether or not he was snubbed here in a second. But uh, just all the things that you were saying with Jimenez uh, defensively, uh, a lot of those same things apply offensively as well. Yeah, you know, uh, just uh, what he hits, 297 during the season, Joe. 26 doubles, three triples, 17 home runs. 69 RBIs, you know, he, 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 he strikes out a lot. He's, a, he's, he's got some swing and miss, 112 Ks, 34 walks, but he still ends up with an 837 OPS. Uh, just, uh, you know, kind of a, just a, re- a revelation, Joe, especially where, you know, he came from in, in 2021, just a breakout season. And, and he's still, what, 24 years old. I mean, this guy's going to get better. And, you know, especially we'll, we'll get to see a different side of him defensively with the shift gone, you know, next season. But offensively, you know, I think this guy, we haven't seen the best of him yet. And, you know, and we got to factor in the, the fact that, uh, you know, he played what since mid from mid-September through the postseason with, with a broken, with a broken hand, with a broken finger. So, or was it a broken finger? Yeah, I think a non-displaced yeah, fracture of the finger. Yeah, so, you know, just uh, all around, just really a fun player to watch and a guy that, that you know, if, if, you know, if the world spins right, I mean, he's going to keep getting better. And, yeah, it, it, I, I would agree with all that. 
Uh, I don't have uh, a ton of confidence that he's going to win uh, the Silver Slugger Award uh, just based on uh, Jose Altuve, uh, Marcus Simeon, DJ LeMahieu are the other three finalists at the position. Um, uh, Altuve hasn't won a Silver Slugger Award uh, since 2018, uh, but this year he hit 300, he hit 28 home runs, um, and, you know, they're, they're... They'll probably try to find or look for a way to 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 give it to him just sort of as a maybe a career award uh, more than just based on this this one particular season. Uh, Marcus Simeon, also a guy, yeah. uh, 26 home runs. He had 25 steals this year. So uh, it, it it's a tough field. It, it's tougher than a lot of maybe Cleveland fans are going to want to uh, accept because they saw. Jimenez do so well throughout the year, you know, maybe they do reward the the, the new fresh face at the position. Uh, and he certainly could be the future at second base in the American League. Uh, but uh, the field is a lot tougher than maybe what, uh, you know, uh, Cleveland fans uh, are, are willing to give credit for here. Yeah, I mean, you know, Simeon's been around. I mean, he had a big year in Toronto a couple of years ago signed for big money in Texas, you know, he's got power. So, you know, that, that plays into it, but I don't know. I don't think he's the defender that Jimenez is, you know, he's, he's, he has, a you know, so, uh, you know, I think that's a plus with Jimenez, but obviously we're talking about the silver slugger, but, you know, it's, and, and Altuve, you know, you, you love him or hate him, you know, he's, he's an awfully good player, but he was hurt, but he was, you know, he had some problems this past season. So maybe that factors in. <laughs> There you go. I wanted to say hate him enough times just to get Hoynes in a break, and then uh, <laughs> that, that worked, so we're good. Uh, no, I, it would not shock me to see them give the award to Altuve, but uh, uh, Jimenez certainly certainly deserving. And if you want to talk about a, a stacked field, uh, stacked finalists here, uh, third base, Rafael Devers in Boston, Jose Ramirez in Cleveland, Alex Bregman in Houston, and Matt Chapman in Toronto. Uh, third base is going to be a, a, a tough field, but uh, I think I certainly think Jose Ramirez did enough to distinguish himself this season uh, to, to get back on track and win his fourth uh, award at the position. But again, it would be what his first since uh, 2020, yeah, 2020 when he was uh, the, the runner up in the MVP voting. Yeah, I mean, uh I mean, what what else can you say? We've said just about everything you can say about Ramirez. I mean, he played what the last three and a half months with a with a torn ligament in his in his right thumb. Uh, still hit 280. Still led the American League with uh, 44 doubles. Set career high in with 126 RBIs. You know, just uh, you know, he just had a massive season. I mean. They don't make the postseason if 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 he if he doesn't stay in the lineup, Joe. To me, and I just thought, uh, you know, you, you're going to have to go some to you're going to have to convince me how, why he doesn't didn't win the Silver Slugger if he doesn't win it. Yeah, it's pretty much a, a foregone conclusion that that Ramirez is is going to win this. Uh, I, the only argument, I mean, Devers had a solid season, had a higher batting average, but fewer home runs, a lot fewer RBIs. Uh, you know, Bregman sort of came on at the end. He hit hit a lot of home runs down the stretch, uh, and you know, Chapman hit 27 home runs. But uh, again, 
Ramirez has more home runs than all of them, has more RBIs than all of them, led the league in doubles. Uh, I don't think you can you can argue his station right now as the the top slugging third baseman in uh, in the American League. If not, you know certainly he, he would challenge um, Nolan Arenado in in, uh, in the National League as well. Uh, and, and really, those are those are the only areas where um, the Guardians have any finalists. I mean, you, you've got the the usual suspects at shortstop in the American League. Uh, uh, Bo Bichette is there. He had a, a pretty good season coming on, uh, you know, leading the league in hits. Um, but Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, obviously a, a good field there. And the outfield, uh, Aaron Judge is uh, sort of a lock in, in terms of that. But uh, Julio Rodriguez, the rookie, um, you know, you can always, you've always got Mike Trout as a possibility. Uh, but down the list here, uh, guys like Teoscar Hernandez, Adolis Garcia, Anthony Santander, uh, George Springer, also finalists in, in, in their different spots. So, um, you know, a lot of, lot of possibilities for uh, Gold Glove uh, winners. Uh, the one I want to see, I, I want to know why one, two, three, four, five, six. Why are there six finalists for catcher in the American League? Uh did they just want to want to find a way to get the rookie Adley Rutschman in there uh, <laughs> and, and Cal Raleigh as well? They, they just said, ah, these guys were really good. So we're going to stick them in there. Every, every other position has four and uh catcher has six. Um, Alejandro Kirk, Sean Murphy, Cal Raleigh, Adley Rutschman, Sal Perez, and Martin Maldonado. Who would you pick out of that catcher's group? Boy, that's a, um, that's a good group. Uh, I, I, you know, I always like Salvador Perez. I think I uh, knew you were. I knew you were going to say <laughs> Salvador Perez. You voted for him for MVP last year. I, he, he, that's Sal Perez. You know, you know who my pick is. My pick's Cal Raleigh. The dump. Yeah, guy. I mean, God, the way he played against Cleveland, he looks like Johnny Bench for gosh sakes. Uh, he looked like Babe Ruth. He hit a home run in every game he played against him. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I I I think uh Raleigh would be uh a dark horse at this point, but um you know, Rutschman had a breakout season as a rookie, 13 home runs, 35 doubles, a 128 OPS plus. That's huge. So, uh you know, it'd be interesting to see who who comes away with that. You know what we don't have this year? We don't have an NL uh pitching Silver Slugger award or yeah, for a pitcher. Uh, no, no pitcher is going to win a silver slugger uh, this year. We have designated hitter awards in both leagues. Oh, that's right. Thank God we don't have a NL a pitcher <laughs> pitcher of the year, got silver slugger of the year. So we probably some pitchers are complaining too. They they had that in their contract that they were going to win it. Who knows, man? <laughs> well, the the funny thing is, in the American League, you're still going to have. Uh, you're you're probably going to have uh, a pitcher win the designated hitter award because uh, Otani uh, Shohei Otani is a finalist uh, along with uh, listen to this field for designated hitter in the AL Shohei Otani Jordan Alvarez John Carlos Stanton uh, George Springer and Adolis Garcia uh, Jeez, the the top three in, in well uh, Stanton with the injury is probably not really in the running but uh, that is a that is a tough choice between Otani. And and Jordan Alvarez. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that that is that's a tough call. I I don't know how you if if Otani's does 
his any of his pitching achievements leak into that award? I I don't know. That's well. I think know. maybe you take into consideration the fact that he's pitching every fifth day or fifth or sixth day or whatever, uh, and and that he's still able to put up the offensive numbers that he was able to. Um, yeah. Two, yeah, he had two seventy three with thirty four home runs, eleven steals, and ninety five <laughs> RBIs. All while all, all while being a uh, you know top candidate for Cy Young in the American League, so that's yeah, incredible. Think, yeah. It just when you think about that guy, it's it's just what he's doing. You know, for two straight years, what he's done is is amazing. Yeah, it should be interesting uh, to see how that vote goes. I, I would think it would go Otani and then Alvarez, but you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, the Silver Slugger Awards are voted on by. Uh, managers and uh, and assistant coaches. I think up to five assistant coaches um, can can vote as well. Uh, so those awards will be revealed Thursday, November tenth, on MLB Network. Um, and and really, uh, you know, these are like you said. A lot of guys have clauses in their contract. If they're if they win a Gold Glove, if they win a Silver Slugger, uh, they get a, a little a little pay bump or you know maybe a a new bat contract or or whatever. But uh could be very interesting to see uh you know at least the guardians are in position to have one maybe two uh winners in in some of these categories uh over the next couple of weeks definitely it's this is a fun time of year especially you know if you're at the team you're covering you know has has had a good year or has you know some you know some really talented players at at certain positions because it's it, they they get recognized and you know it keeps uh, the hot stove burning. <laughs> uh, talking about that recognition, um, the Sporting News uh, is a, a publication that's been around forever. Uh, they've been uh, handing out postseason awards uh, similar to the BBWA awards uh, since 1936. Uh, one of the awards that they hand out every year is the. Uh, Major League uh, Major League Baseball Executive of the Year Award, uh, and this year that went to uh, Chris Antonetti. Uh, you uh, you talked to Antonetti about receiving the award. What did he have to say? Yeah, he texted me, and uh, you know, I, I I texted him and said congratulations. He he got back to me. He didn't want it, you know, he didn't want it for print, but he said, you know, it's it's it, it made him the award made him feel a little uncomfortable because. You know, you he said you could have picked anybody in our front office to win this award. We, you know, because as you know, Joe, that's that's a collaborative uh, effort on their part. They all kind of uh, Mike Chernoff, Antonetti, you know, all those, all all the uh, the front office people really work together very well. And it's and it's one of the reasons they've had success. But it's still, you know, it's still definitely. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of a gold star on your resume. I mean, this is his second time he's won it. And Joe, this award goes all the way back to 1936. And uh, Bill Veck won it in 1948 when he was uh, owner of the uh, you know the owner of the Indians. Uh, then uh, um, uh, John Hart is was a two time winner for his days in Cleveland. Mark Shapiro won it in 2007, and now Antonetti has won it in. Uh, twice and uh, he's in pretty good company that I'd have to say yeah and 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 I get being humble and I get wanting to to share the credit with your 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 team and all that uh you, the the guys that you work with but uh but really Antonetti is very deserving of this award just because of 
you know, he's the guy whose name is out there on the on the door. He's the the guy who makes the decision and says, okay, this is the plan we're going to take and we're going to stick with this. Uh, you know, we're not going to, uh, you know, go outside our means spending wise on a on a free agent that doesn't fit our plan. Uh, we're not going to make huge moves at the trade deadline. We're going to stick with this young core this year, you know, win or lose. And they, I guess they were fully prepared to, to, you know, have it be that sort of growing pains year. But, but when the, the, the young players decided or, you know, somehow showed them that, yeah, we can make this work. They, they stuck with this plan of, you know, contact hitting and, uh, doing sort of playing guardians baseball and, all of that goes back to the decisions that Antonetti made uh, and and sort of put the plan out there and got everybody to buy in and and see how it turned out. Yeah, great points, Joe. And uh, you know they really they were committed to this. You know they were committed to it in spring training. You know obviously during the winter they had they had picked out a couple of guys, free agents that they went that that were going to pursue. They didn't get them. So they they went back and and you know kind of put you know put the season on on a this young this young roster's shoulders and look what happened ninety two wins you you sweep the wild card series and you take the Yankees to to Game Five and uh, in the ALDS it 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 couldn't have worked out much better Joe I I really don't think it could have no it's you, you caught lightning in a bottle for sure uh, as far as the other sporting news awards. Uh, Certainly, uh, Stephen Kwan was under consideration for uh, the Rookie of the Year uh, award in the American League. That went to Julio Rodriguez. Uh, I think that's uh, a pretty much a, a good indication or a, a good precursor of uh, what's going to happen uh, with the BBWAA vote. I think uh, Rodriguez got uh, more than 80% of the vote from players uh, surveyed. I think 113 players surveyed in that, uh, that Rookie of the Year poll. Um, the manager of the year award in the American league. And, and this is one that will probably be uh, hotly debated uh, when it's announced uh, for the BBWAA uh, version of this award. The, the sporting news award uh, went to Brandon Hyde of uh, the Baltimore Orioles. He uh, beat out Dusty Baker and Terry Francona. Uh, and that was uh, another one that was voted on by what? 29 uh, other managers uh or, or or so um so maybe there that's an indication uh, of the way things will go maybe the 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 baseball writers will, will think differently and and reward francona for uh you know all the things you just mentioned in terms of uh what he did with the young ball club but uh you know brandon hyde wins the award uh from the sporting news yeah i think you know anytime you know the orioles have been losing for a long time they've you know they've been kind of spinning their wheels uh, they finally you know, kind of had you know they 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 played well this season. They 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 were better than anticipated. They you know all the uh, you know the struggles they've had in the past years. You know they they kind of put that behind them and they took a step up in class. So you know I think that's a good story. That's a feel good story for managers. Uh, but you know it's hard. <laughs> I mean you got to go some to beat the job Francona had. I mean you know if you looked at the rosters. You know, at the at day one of uh, the start of the season, you know, yes, probably uh, Cleveland had an advantage in pitching in the rotation, but other than that, you know, it's kind of up for grabs, Joe, between the Orioles and and uh, uh, Cleveland, and you know, the 
Cleveland wins 92 games and wins wins a division title. You know, the Orioles don't make the postseason. Yeah, they were in the race, you know, right up until the end, the wild card race. But still, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, I don't know. You, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, how does that award not go to the guy who who took the youngest club in, in baseball uh, to the playoffs and, and advanced in a round? Uh, I don't get it. But uh, Francona had won the award uh, twice with Cleveland in 2013 and I, I guess again in 2017. So uh, maybe there, maybe the folks at uh, at Sporting News are just uh, sick of writing Terry Francona's name into the uh, into the the category there. Uh, Aaron Judge won the MVP in the American League. Uh, no surprise there at all. Uh, but another one that I think maybe uh, you know was maybe up for a, open for a little bit more debate than uh, it being an open and shut case was the American League Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, that went to Justin Verlander, who obviously is in position to win, uh, what, his third or third uh, Cy Young Award, uh, you know, coming up uh, when, when those awards are, are, are announced. But uh, I thought Josh Naylor certainly deserves some consideration for uh, the way he uh, played this season. Uh, you know, 20 home runs, uh, 90 RBIs, and, um, you know, coming off of major uh, reconstructive surgery on his uh, broken right ankle uh, last season. Uh, and, and we saw just how he gutted out the season, uh, you know, every other game tweaking something and, you know, hobbling here and there, uh, typified by the performance in the, the ALDS where he's, he's limping through the, the hallways at Yankee Stadium, uh, you know, saying, hey, you know, I, you just got to play through it. Yeah, I thought I thought Josh kind of got lost in the shuffle there. I thought, you know, I thought he was really kind of the the leading candidate to me. But, you know, we see him every day, Joe. You know, obviously Verlander comes back, what, at 39 from Tommy John surgery. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, 39 is that's an advanced age. You don't know. That's a career threatening injury at that time. The decision even to get the surgery done, you know, is, uh, you know, indication that he felt he was going to come back. But we saw Naylor get hurt and that looked like, you know, that could have ended his career right there. I mean, there was no ifs, ands or buts about it. And, you know, he spent all winter working his way back, uh, still had, you know, what had a, had a, you know, was second on the team in home runs and, and RBIs played, uh, played 122 games, you know, he, he said this was the most, this was his busiest and, you know, most productive season in his big league career. And he was coming off like a career threatening injury. So I think he deserved more, more credit than, or more, you know, more recognition than he received. Yeah, it uh, certainly seems to be the case. Uh, he, he did basically everything he did this year. He was, he had those clutch hits, those clutch late inning home runs, and he did it all on basically one and a half legs. Uh, throughout the season. So, uh, you know, maybe it, you can understand why Verlander got got the award, but, you know, maybe th- there should have been like a, a runner-up trophy for, for Josh Naylor there because he, uh, he he clearly deserved it. All right, before we get going here uh, and wrap up the week, wanted to let uh, our, our listeners know uh, Tristan McKenzie has been selected as the uh, social media correspondent for Major League Baseball. Uh, he is going to be in Houston and in uh, Philadelphia for games two and three of the World Series, and he's going to take over uh, the Major League Baseball Enterprise accounts on uh, on Twitter and Instagram. 
Uh, he's going to be sharing interviews with players on the field, uh, some behind-the-scenes looks. You'll see him on MLB Network uh, and the uh, the Fox broadcasts. Uh, just uh, you know, just an, a nice opportunity, uh, sort of a, a nice little recognition. Last year, Jazz Chisholm from uh, the the Marlins, uh, sort of a you know another young player, uh, got the opportunity to do that. Uh, McKenzie sort of fits the mold and, and fits, you know, what they're looking for. And, and we, we were around him all year. He's just, a you know, a bright, positive, uh, you know, really good person to, to, to sort of for, for major league baseball to want to put front and center on social media and say, Hey, look, this is uh this is a, an example of, uh, the, the youth and the future of our game. Yeah. The great points, Joe and, uh, McKenzie just, you know, a fun guy to be around, you know, always pretty, you know, analytical, you know, he, you know, he, he, he doesn't back away from a tough question. And I, I'm going to be interested to see what his, what his interview skills are like. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we know, we know he's, uh, he's good on social media. So now we'll, we'll see if he can ask the tough question as well. Yeah. Just always positive and, and, and always, uh, you know, uplifting and, and, and fun to be around, uh, certainly in the, in the clubhouse. Uh, throughout the season. So look for uh, Tristan McKenzie on his uh, social media, uh, you know, accounts and also on the MLB accounts uh, throughout the weekend. All right, Hoynes, that's going to wrap it up for this week on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, World Series kicks off tonight. Uh, Awards start to trickle out uh, even more so uh, next week. Uh, We'll have all that news and all that action for you on the podcast uh, beginning Monday. Talk to you then. All right, Joe.